0: Welcome to Healing the Podcast with your host, Ashlyn Torrey. I am a heels and burlesque instructor, a confidence mentor, and the creator of High Vibe Heels living in the gorgeous mountains of Asheville, North Carolina. In this safe and sacred portal, we will be having intentional conversations about dancing in a heel, spirituality, self-love, sensuality, conscious business, and even more juicy topics that I hope empower you to show up in the world as your boldest and brightest self. I'm so excited to go on this journey with you. Now let the magic begin hello my loves and welcome back to another episode of healing the podcast it's august when i'm recording this episode and babes i feel like the second half of this year is flying by it's august so you know i have taylor swift's august on repeat and i'm trying my best not to rush into fall mode but i am getting very excited for the upcoming season but August, even though I've been out of school for many years, it still signifies this back to school energy that my little Capricorn heart just adores. And I was absolutely the girl who got the most excited about picking out her backpack and her colored pens and her notebooks. And I still want to embrace that energy this season by focusing on business and manifestation, aligned action and momentum here on the podcast. And I have the perfect guest to chat about all of this today. One of my CHM alumni, Caitlin Godwin is on the podcast and Caitlin was in my very first round of confidence, the heels method two years ago which is so wild. And we continue working together post the program. And now she is a dear friend of mine. She was at my wedding and I'm just so lucky that the perfect clients always magnetize to me that I want to stay in my life. Even after we are done working together, it's just so special. And Caitlin's transformation in CHM has been amazing to witness. She came into this program, pretty unsure of herself discouraged with her job relationship dance. So many things just fell off for her. And as you will hear in this episode, Caitlin and I relate in a lot of ways with our experience with religious trauma and body image struggles and so much more. But during the program, she was able to gain the tools that she needed to heal so much of this. And even though, of course, healing is a process it's a continuation. She has done so much work and it has paid off and her life is completely different now. All because she invested in herself, dedicated the time to healing, and of course moved her body because you know, that's the key. <laughs> and in this episode, Caitlin and I cover hitting rock bottom, how she discovered CHM and why she decided to take the leap in the first place, religious trauma and purity culture, the depression cycle, and how to get out and learning competition against other women manifesting when it feels like nothing is happening taking action feeling at home in your body and so much more we cover every topic truly and I loved this episode so so much so let's just get into it shall we and thank you babe so much for being here I have enjoyed so much coming back into the podcast and recording season two it has been really really fun for me and I think you babes are really going to enjoy this episode so without further ado here's my girl Caitlin Caitlin, welcome to Healing the Podcast. I'm so excited you're here. I am so excited to be here. I've missed you. <laughs> I missed you too. So, Caitlin was in my first ever round of confidence, which is crazy. That was two years ago. Mm-hmm. Year? Yeah. Wild. What another lifetime. And I'm just now having her on the podcast. So, I'm asking her to go back in time and recap her experience in the program. But no, she has really transformed so much in the last few years. And I'm excited for you guys to hear about her evolution and just hear how healing in a heel, dancing, stepping into your sensuality and into your power has transformed the rest of your life, which is really cool. That's what this podcast is about. That's what confidence is about. And I think it's just really inspiring to hear people's stories with different backgrounds and how dance can just be such a catalyst for manifesting and for living the life of our dreams. So I definitely want to start with some rapid fire questions that I ask all of my guests just to give the babes some insight <laughs> into who you are. So are you ready? Yes. Okay. So what's a song you can't stop dancing to right now? Oh gosh. So I like dance in my
1: car a lot. Cause if I'm like choreographing for class, I feel like that's when I like when things come to me. Mm-hmm. So I feel like what I've been replaying on my playlist is buttons by
0: Pussycat Dolls. Yes. Oh my gosh, stop. I loved that song so deeply. Oh my gosh, that's great. Yeah.
1: It's just like the vibes, the energy. It's so fierce. Nice. You just want to take your clothes off. So.
0: Yeah, it's like pop the buttons slowly. Yes. <laughs> so that I will love- definitely- You know, in one of my classes coming up here. So, ooh, exciting! Well, stay tuned for that, everyone. If you're in the Florida area, catch that class. (laughs) And what's currently lighting up your soul right now, babe?
1: Ooh, I think just being like. So we live by the beach, and now that I've quit my job, I can finally enjoy where we live (laughs) and the ocean and just being outside and like getting back in touch with nature and back in touch with myself. And like recently I've really been trying to tap into my intuition and listen to what my body needs and Mm -hmm. actually act on that. Um, And it just feels so good to like honor yourself and be in touch with that.
0: Oh, that's amazing. And we're going to dive more into this quitting your job situation here in a little bit. But when we let go of things that are taking up so much of our mind space and that are draining our energy, like you said, we have so much more energy for the things that we actually want to be doing. And it's just like getting really clear on what those things are. And I feel like that's something I've been doing a lot lately is what is it that I actually wanna be spending my time on and how can I create space in my life to do that? And that's exactly what you've been doing over the last like year, two years. Um, so it's cool to see how much that can affect your life and also your energy because you just feel very calm and grounded right now. And that probably has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. And this podcast is called healing. So I would love to know something that you are proud of healing or that you are currently in process of healing. And this can be emotional, spiritual, physical, energetic, et cetera. I think probably my sensuality and we talked
1: a lot about this in CHM and I'm sure we'll get deeper into it later, but that was something that was a huge block for me. Probably my biggest block, like Hmm before coming into CHM, I like didn't even really know what sensuality meant. It was like such a taboo topic and you automatically associate it with sex. And it's like, no, it's so much more than that. Mm -hmm. So I think working on that and like being in my body, like, you know, tapping into that side of myself and just allowing myself to feel and experience life, however it comes my way, um, has been huge and it's still a work in progress, <laughs> but I think, you know, having done the work we did in CHM, it really allowed me to allow myself to work on it and to not be ashamed of it and just start, you know, embracing that side
0: of myself. Mm-hmm. That is so powerful. And yes, we're going to dive into that, but that was really such an amazing evolution to watch in the program. That's one of the biggest things that I saw you start to break through was that block around our sensuality. And we'll talk about this because it comes a lot from our similarities in religion and and so I can't wait to get into that because I think that's a huge piece of it, but yeah, we'll dive deeper into that later but okay this question is a fun one if you were a heel in your case a dance heel what would that look like so a color texture pattern you in heel form (laughs) what would that look like I
1: love that I don't know I'd be one of two maybe I'd be like two different heels I don't know I love it I would either be like lilac like laced up four inch stiletto Super like feminine pastel, classy. Yeah. Or I would be like a platform stiletto, like iridescent, sparkly,
0: strappy heel. Ooh, I love both of those. You know, yeah. both of those are my vibe. So yes, <laughs> like, iridescent, yes, lilac, yes. <laughs> so cute. I can see you in both of those. And every single time I do this, I'm like, someone needs to create all the heels. Oh my that, gosh, that'd be I amazing! Guess, hey, it'd be so cool—just a line of heels. It was like the caitlin, the yes, <laughs> you know. I think that would be so cool. I love that. Yes. Okay, so I want to dive into a little bit more about your experience in confidence, the heels method. You know, that first round that I did with you, babes, was so sacred and so special in my heart. I still have your thank you letter as my bookmark <laughs> because it was the first round obviously that I had done. And it was after this round that my method, I feel like was proven. It wasn't just yeah. something that on myself. I felt like that the transformation that healing in a heal can do, it was magical. And so I want to take things back to Caitlin a few years ago, coming into CHM yes. with a desire to really heal and to step into your confidence and your sensuality. That was kind of your two biggest goals. So can you tell me a little bit about that version of yourself? I know it's taking it back a little bit because she was, yeah. she was like, completely different than who I'm talking to right now. Yes. So
1: Caitlin, two years ago, two and a half years ago was in a very dark place. Like I, at this point was probably at rock bottom. Um, We had just moved. It was COVID. Like I was breaking friendships. Like so much was happening in my life. And I was deconstructing my religion, my spiritual views, like everything rock bottom. (laughs) Definitely. I was like in the depths of a dark night of the soul for people who don't know what that is. It's basically depression on steroids and everything you thought you knew gets turned on its head. I literally felt like the rug had been pulled out from under me. I had no foundation to stand on. It was so like destabilizing and I was questioning so much and I I had really just started like rebuilding who I was, not even rebuilding at that point, just like questioning who I was and what I believed. Um, and I didn't know where to go. Like it was rough. It was a very rough time. I feel like I can't even express in words like how dark it was for me, but just a lot of depression, a lot of like self-hatred, insecurities, low self-esteem, like not knowing who I was. It was like an identity crisis in a way. Mm -hmm. And I discovered you, I think, Through YouTube, I like it, like it was by accident, you know, like as all good things (laughs) I feel like happen. I it was just like a suggested video on my YouTube, I think. And I was like, oh, she's cute. Like, I like her vibe. Like, I like her aesthetic. Okay, burlesque, that (laughs) sounds fun. I'll give it a try. So I started doing like your YouTube videos because again, this was like during COVID. So there wasn't many studios you could go dance in. Mm -hmm. So I was like, how? how am I going to dance? If I can't go to a studio, I guess I'll try YouTube. (laughs) So just doing like your videos in my apartment and stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love her energy. I want to be her when I grow up. Like, (laughs) and that was when I discovered heels and burlesque because before I was just, you know, a ballet dancer, I had training and like jazz and contemporary and all that stuff, but mostly ballet and the thought of like, dancing in a stiletto was like scandalous. <laughs> yeah. So against, you know, what I had been taught mm. and all that. But it was so fun. Like it was so <clears throat> freeing and I felt like because of the style and because <clears throat> I was doing it just for me, there was like no pressure. So it was just fun and enjoyable. Then you released CHM And I was like, this is literally the perfect program for me because at this point I had done like talk therapy, acupuncture, meditation, like all of these things. And there was still something missing. And I felt like there was just this, this block in me, which now I know is like the sensuality piece. Um, That was preventing me from being the dancer I knew I could be, or like being the best dancer that I could. And it was, it wasn't something physical. It was like something mental, spiritual. I didn't know, but I knew that I needed something that would bridge the gap between the spiritual piece and the dance piece. And that's literally what your program is for. So I was like, this is perfect and exactly what I need right now. And yeah, that was like the catalyst of me
0: getting out of my funk. Yes. I love that story. And it's so funny because anytime I ask someone, how did you come across my YouTube video? They were like, oh, it was, it it was suggested. Like I didn't even dance burlesque. They were like yeah. it just pops up randomly. And that is honestly how I found my favorite teachers and mentors and how I came across burlesque was so random and yet so synchronistic. And it's just beautiful to see kind of how we come to the things that are meant for us, you know, cause that's just what are the odds, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how do you feel like this version of you shifted after the 90 days? So let's dive a little bit deeper into like, what did you heal? What changes did you notice in your dancing in your energy? I know there were so many shifts and it was a while ago. So just recount what you remember. Yeah. I feel like the biggest thing was my confidence,
1: like, which is so funny. Cause it's literally <laughs> called confidence. <It's> like, <laughs> Yeah. That was something I've struggled with my whole life. Like very self-conscious, very low self-esteem, body image issues. We'll dive into where that comes from, but (laughs) all of those things, like confidence was something I just never had. And I remember like when I like could see like visually and experience the change was in the Diamonds, Our Girl's Best Friend burlesque class. And I think it was the last Dance class that we did in the program. So, like, it took me the full 90 days to get to this point. <laughs> but I remember doing the dance, you know, like always like filming myself and like watching back the video. And I did like a little shimmy mm-hmm. and I styled and I was like, what? Like, it may not seem like a big thing, but for me, that was huge because it wasn't, I'm performing, I need to put a face on or like, I'm forcing this smile to look like I'm having fun or whatever. It was purely like me enjoying the moment, me being in my body, out of my head and having fun. And that was groundbreaking for me because up until that point, dance had, you know, like it brought me so much joy and it it was something I'm passionate about, but it was always like you're trying to reach a goal. You're trying to perfect a step. You're performing for someone else. It was never like for me and to just enjoy and have fun. So that was huge.
0: Yes, (laughs) I remember that video. Like I remember that video because it was like, it was a crazy difference. I just remember being like, (laughs) see her like right now, because it really like you went from being someone that was interested in burlesque and you went from being someone who was, yeah, just trying to figure out what their relationship was to dance to all of a sudden being like a performer again. And all of a sudden being like, Mm -hmm. I get to enjoy this, like, because you came into this program as a dancer. Some people don't come into this program as dancers, but I feel like the ones that do have the most trauma around dance, (laughs) you know, Um, like myself. And so I think it was just so amazing to see you come back to dance in a loving compassionate way because I feel like dance sometimes we love it sometimes we hate it you know (laughs) we're dancers sometimes it's like oh you know I'm focused on the goals I'm focusing on all the wrong things and it was kind of like you were able to break out of that cycle Mm -hmm. and that's where dance can be really magical and really special and something we both relate to was our trauma from our strict religious upbringings we worked through so much of that together in the program, but I know it's always a work in progress. So can you share a bit about your upbringing and how it maybe skewed your view of sensuality, sexuality, female friendship, women's roles in society in marriage and how that has evolved yeah. since the program. And I know that's a lot. So
1: yes, girl, <laughs> We could talk all day long about this. And we do. (laughs) Like, I feel like we should probably do another podcast just on religious trauma. Really, Um, Really? Yeah. But I'm so glad you brought this up because it's so important to talk about. And it was such a huge part of my journey and like, and yours as well. And I feel like that helped me a lot. Like seeing you where you were and knowing that you had been through a similar situation was like very inspiring to me. Um, but yeah, so I grew up, I just say like kind of Christian because my parents would identify as Christian, but we never like went to church or, you know, practiced it religiously, but I definitely grew up in the South in like purity culture whether I was a part of a church or not, like those values and things were still very much imposed on me. And then when I got to college <laughs> is when I joined a church, sometimes I call it a cult, but, <laughs> and it was very, very evangelical. Their focus was on outreach and converting other people to Christianity, or as I like to say, recruiting people for the Jesus army.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. (laughs) And you guys, I, I don't know about where Caitlin is right now. Well, I feel like I do, but I very much still have a relationship with God. So we say this in a teasing way, not looking down on it, but like when you take an outside view of it, it kind of feels that way. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of feels that way because you're like, whoa. Because in my opinion, I feel like the focus just, just all on the wrong things, you know. And so that's what we mean when we are saying this in a joking way. If you are Christian, go to church. That's amazing. But our experiences were just like the most extreme. So anyway, continue. I just wanted to traumatic to <laughs> say the least. Very <laughs> traumatic. So we uh, we say this with. A lot of experience in this area. (laughs) Yes,
1: yes, absolutely. Yeah, definitely not shaming anyone for their beliefs, or I would never try to impose what I think on someone else. But I definitely encourage people to take a step back and look at the environment they're in. And if you Google the definition of a cult and where you are has more similarities than differences, maybe it's not the best place to be. That was like, honestly, a revelation for me. I was like, I don't know, was I in a cult? What does a cult even look like? And then I looked up the definition and I was like, yes, Mm. yes, yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) More similarities than differences. Right. And I think so many people, there's so much shame and guilt that goes into certain religious groups not even as much as the one I grew up in but living in Utah and seeing mm-hmm. that yeah. culture, damn this the fact that people just are little robots and they just listen to everything that these people are saying and yeah they do the thing and they go to the church and the ceremonies and they watch the I'm like how like it's literally yeah. like mind control anyway yes.
1: <laughs> I digress <laughs> continue So, yeah, so I joined this church and it was, to say the least, a very traumatic experience for me. I haven't, to be honest, really shared a lot about my experience in the church, basically just because it's taken me this long to heal from it. So I graduated 2018 and I'm just now able to talk about it without like getting emotional which is crazy. Um, But it's something I want to share. It's something I think is really important because I know, like you, there's other people that have been through the same thing. And even in the church I was a part of, there were plenty of women that I personally knew that were experiencing the same things. But where do I begin? I feel like it was... The biggest piece for me i think that was so negatively impactful was my mental health and i had struggled with anxiety and depression like my whole life and when i got in the church it was so bad like i was having panic attacks probably every week i was super depressed super super depressed And when you're in the church and you bring up issues with mental health, there's so much shame around it. And for me, what I experienced was a lot of like blame on me, like, oh, you just don't have enough faith. You're not reading your Bible enough. You're not praying enough. Like it was my fault that I was depressed. Mm-hmm. I didn't have enough faith and that's why I was dealing with these mental mm-hmm. issues. And it creates this cycle of like, okay, I'm depressed. Someone tells me I need to pray to get over my depression. So I pray and then nothing happens. Shocker. <laughs> yeah. And then you're even more depressed. And then it's just this cycle, this never ending cycle. And when I was in the church, I could not put two and two together. Like, I was just like, Oh, I'm, I'm just fucked up. Like I got issues and I need to get right with God and then I'll be okay. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I left the church that I realized the values and the things that they were teaching were directly influencing my mental health Mm -hmm. and my relationship with myself. Yeah. Because it was a lot of, they brought it back to the Bible and they would use specific verses Mm -hmm. they would like cherry pick verses and be like oh well you shouldn't be anxious because first blah 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 says do not be anxious for tomorrow for God whatever you know and then it just made me feel like I was a failure I was a horrible Christian I'm sinful this and that and destroyed my mental health I mean like girl yeah (laughs) when I feel like there were days where I could not get out of bed. I stayed in bed for like eight hours during the day because I was so depressed. And like, it's crazy to me to talk about it now because like two years ago, I couldn't talk about this without like breaking down literally like, and now to look back and be like, that was in the past and that's no longer a part of who I am is insane yeah but yeah so I think the the biggest biggest thing was the mental health issues and I I did not put two and two together until I left the church in years after when I realized just like clicked one day I was like huh I'm not really depressed anymore I'm not having panic attacks anymore. That's weird. (laughs) And I I even had this was also like a breakthrough moment for me. When we lived in Savannah, I had a panic attack in the middle of worship service. And it was not fun. (laughs) Again, traumatic to say the least. I had not yet like started my deconstruction journey. I knew like The church I was a part of in college affected me in some way, but I didn't really know how deeply it was and like what it was from the church that caused so much trauma. I just knew something doesn't feel right about like being in the church and I'm still really anxious. So I don't know what that's about, but, and I remember one day we were like in worship service and I was like, the music's like really loud. I don't know. And my chest just started like Tightening up. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I'm like, that's probably nothing. It's, I don't know, probably allergies or something. Like, you know,
0: <laughs> something stupid. Has like, a panic attack and thinks it's allergies.
1: Like, oh, and no, i just like suggest- <laughs> I
0: love- No, I don't love that you had a panic attack, but I love that that was the first thought that you have because that's how out of touch we yes. are about in intuition because of all this shit. We're like diet right all. or allergy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's nothing. Oh god. And then I like couldn't breathe, and I was like, "Oh shit, I'm having a panic attack." And I just looked at Alex, and I beelined it out of there. Like, I started getting like tunnel vision. Like I was just get me out of here, get me out of here, get me out of here, like. And that was traumatic and then I was you know when I have panic attacks I like can't breathe I start like hyperventilating mm-hmm. so that was fun that was the only panic attack I've had in a public place too which was like that's traumatic in itself
0: for sure yeah
1: <laughs> but that for me was like okay oh, hey, your body doesn't feel like church is a safe place for you so like we need to figure this out <laughs> yeah. so that kind of triggered me into diving deeper into my relationship with the church and why I was having these physical reactions just to being in that environment. And something else I wanted to mention too, was like with the anxiety piece and the like depression, low self-esteem, like from the church, I feel like it just fuels your negative self-talk
0: hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah.
1: I was going through my Spotify playlist the other day. I'm trying to like clean out like everything, (laughs) like my Pinterest, my Spotify, everything. And I had a worship playlist, of course. And I was like going through, listening to some of the songs. A lot of them like took me back and I was like, nope, this is not making me feel good. Um, But some of them I was like, you know, I still, I still like this song, whatever. (laughs) But then there was one song, I don't remember what the lyrics were, but it was basically like, like, I'm a horrible sinner and the wrath of God, I deserve it so much, something like that. And I just like sat back and I was like, oh no God. wonder I hated myself
0: yeah. in
1: college. Yeah. Like No wonder I had this constant narrative in my head of... You're not enough. You're worthless. You're never gonna be enough. You know, God doesn't love you. This, that. It's because like the foundational belief for Christianity is you are not enough. Mm. Ooh, and that's I got full body chills. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I like. I take a step back and I was like, "Wow, like that explains so yeah. much." Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because when you're in the church, it's always you're not doing enough, you're not bringing in enough people, you're being sinful, you're. Oh my God. The clothes you're wearing are not appropriate. The people you're hanging out with are not appropriate. The you're spending too much time alone with your boyfriend, like (laughs) all of these
0: things. Oh my gosh. Like literally my entire childhood was this. Yeah. And especially the piece about the clothing and especially the way that women are even more so Yes. feel like this big and you guys can't see me, but I have my fingers (laughs) together, very small, (laughs) very small. It is impossible to live up to the standards that were set for me. And Mm -hmm. I know they're set for so many women in those situations. So can you talk a little bit about that too? Cause I know that's something we both. Yes. Oh yeah. I have a story for you.
1: So (laughs) we, every year we did like a beach retreat to uh Pensacola Beach or Panama City yeah Panama Panama City Beach and um I think it was I think it was my sophomore year that I went I can't remember but they had to have a separate talk with the boys and with the girls
0: and the girl talk was makes my blood boil (laughs) I already know what you're gonna say and I haven't even heard the story.
1: Yeah, you know you're going um, <laughs> to. You can't wear a bikini because you can't show too much skin because if you show your body, then our brothers in Christ are going to stumble and we can't be responsible for them doing that. So we have to do everything we can to cover ourselves up so they don't lust
0: after us. uh literally <laughs> literally girl this is this this piece of my religious trauma your religious trauma causes so many issues body image issues anxiety problems with sexuality and sensuality confidence like the repercussions of this one piece Is mind blowing. Mm -hmm. I can trace so many things back to just this one thing. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) It's literally
1: wild. Yeah. So, you know, I can literally bring back a lot of my issues today. Things that I still struggle with to that very moment of being told you are responsible for men lusting after you. It is not their responsibility. It's your responsibility. Oh my gosh. And then we go on the beach retreat, and I wore a bikini because I'm more comfortable in a bikini than a one piece. Like, that's just how I feel. Not, I wasn't trying to tempt my brothers in Christ or. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Like, I just like bikinis. But of course, we had to wear a shirt over it if we were wearing a two-piece we had to wear a t-shirt over it while the men could walk around topless hits out
0: (laughs) yes hits out like what the hell i will never understand it i will never ever understand that no so
1: already like the double standard and yeah. I was like, okay, whatever. I'll wear my white tank top over my bikini. Oh my God. And we're like in the ocean playing around, whatever. And I like rolled it up and tied it. Cause it's not comfortable to wear a t-shirt, a wet t-shirt in the water. Like it <laughs> feels gross. So I was like, I'm just going to roll it up and tie it. I'm still wearing one, so they can't get mad at me. But then this girl comes over me and is like pulling my shirt down to cover my stomach. She's like, Caitlin, you have to cover your stomach. And I was like, Are you you kidding me?
0: My gosh!
1: (laughs) While these boys are running around topless, like Caitlin's got to cover her belly button. Like, (laughs) oh
0: gosh, yeah, and that creates this this shame spiral really Mm -hmm. and that's something that we worked through so much in the program celebrating our bodies and wearing whatever the hell that we want to wear and it not being because what that does it means that within the church everything that you wear is for someone else exactly and what you wear affects other people And so that was a lot of the unlearning that we did within the program. It's like, actually you get to wear what you want to wear because Mm -hmm. it makes you feel good because it makes you feel sexy. It makes you feel confident. And another person's perception of that is their problem. And that's something that like, even within friendships or even sometimes with Luke, I'm like, no, no, this isn't for anyone else. And I get to choose what I wear. And I think that's in itself. I just remember during the program, you you wore less and less and less clothing (laughs) throughout the experience, and that makes me so happy. Not because I'm like, yeah, I just want my babes like flashing everybody. (laughs) I can tell that when you are doing that, you're loving your body in a really special way because. Mm especially coming from the ballet world, which we're about to talk about, coming Mm -hmm. from the ballet world, you had a lot of programming around your body. So being able to wear something that shows off the parts of our body that maybe we're like, not our favorite, but we're still trying to celebrate it. We're still trying to feel good. And by wearing those things, it allows us to do that. It's just a great way to take our power back over these programmings and societal expectations that are so false. They're just false. Men, if you're wearing... I, you know, I think I told this story, but I was on a walk one time in Utah and I had sweatpants on ball cap and sweatshirt. And I turned around and there's a guy on the sidewalk masturbating behind me. Oh my God. Yeah. Did did you know this story? I thought it was (laughs) incredibly traumatic. I was sick that day. And I just remember being like, I need to get out of the house and go for a walk. Like the most, the most like COVID version of myself, (laughs) you know? (laughs) like just feeling like grunge, you know? And I'm like, if that can happen to me on the street Mm -hmm. in sweatpants, you can't even see my face. You can't even see any part of my body. It disproves every single thing that we've been because (laughs) I'd never felt more. I'd never felt more (laughs) just like, I was disgusted, but I was also like (laughs) this is what I mean. Like, this is what I mean. It does not matter. People are going to do and think what they want to, regardless of what women wear, because of all of the patriarchal programming and seeing women as objects, that's not going to change just because we're covered. Right. Exactly. So, um, so wear what you want (laughs) end of of the day, wear what you want. But yes, you definitely came into that more Throughout the program, and started to really celebrate yourself. Quick question, babe Have you ever dreamed of designing a product, service, or brand harnessing your unique gifts? Impacting women all over the world with your purpose? Having the freedom and flexibility to spend your days as you choose and being your own boss? Creating multiple streams of income that allow you to live the bold, adventurous, glamorous life of your dreams? I remember desiring all of these things I just mentioned, but not having a clue how to get there. It took me so long, years and years, to go full-time in my business. I ran around in circles, spending over $10,000 on courses and programs that just didn't teach me what I really needed or desired to know. But through inner work and self-discovery, mentorship, taking consistent aligned action, and never giving up, my business finally took off and High Vibe Heels became my full-time gig. But even so, it was such a long journey to get there. And let's be real, not always a pleasant one. (laughs) Business courses can be so boring and it's hard to find one that includes everything you need to know to get started on your entrepreneurial journey successfully, which is exactly why I created my course, Creatrix Biz Builder. What is a creatrix, you may ask? A creatrix is a creatress, a woman who is deeply connected to herself and to the feminine source of creative power. She gives rise to desires, gives birth to ideas, and life of all kinds. She's not afraid to bring her ideas forth into the world, and she drips with magic, confidence, sensuality, and opportunity. And unlike other business courses, this course is fun, it's aesthetically beautiful, and teaches you everything you need to know to launch a soulful, creative business. We dive into discovering our soul's purpose, high vibe leadership and mindset rituals, including dance classes, EFT tapping videos, and more. We learn how to craft our conscious business on the back end, building a website, legalities, design, organization. We cover social media and marketing, including YouTube, Instagram, podcasting, and emails, how to create your own products and courses, and sacred selling, aka making more cash money, honey. This course includes 7 do it do-at-your-own-pace modules that are jam-packed with everything you need to know to be a badass creatrix business owner. And the best part is this course is under $1,000, which is absolutely crazy for the business world. It is impossible to find a course with this amount of information for this price. And I'm offering a sexy deal as we enter into my favorite season, which is fall for $200 off. $200 off. (laughs) So just click the link in the show notes and use the code bizbaddy to get $200 off your purchase of Creatrix Biz Builder. That's bizbaddy to get $200 off your purchase of CBB. Are you ready to have the soulful business of your dreams and show up as the creatrix you were destined to be? And I do want to talk about your really structured ballet background and (laughs) things that you feel like from the ballet world affected your confidence, body image being one of them, Um, either negative or positive. I know there's some things that you took from the ballet world and you still dance ballet now. And how has dancing and heel and burlesque helped improve those things and kind of bring back that love for dance and for your body? Yeah, so I dance ballet for,
1: at this point it's been like 15 years. I started in middle school, so, and I was always in a very strict ballet environment, like you are training to be a professional level, so, I mean, from the time I was going through puberty, which is already, like, a crazy time, um, to my young adult life, I was always in the studio, you're staring at yourself in a mirror for, like, two, three hours a day, training your mind to critique yourself. You are always, always looking for something that's wrong. Like, is my leg high enough? Am I turned out? Are my ribs sticking out? Is my butt out? Is my stomach in? Are my shoulders back? It's never, oh, what looks good about myself? It's always what's incorrect here and how do I fix it? Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And that mentality carries over to every aspect of your life. With storming here. I don't know if you can hear
0: it. (laughs) I can't, but that's cozy. Yeah, (laughs) it's a
1: vibe. (laughs) But you can't just isolate it to when I'm in the studio doing ballet. You're training your brain to think this way about yourself, no matter what environment you're in. And that's something I still struggle with, is like my brain is trained to see flaws. and it Mm -hmm. sucks. (laughs) So that, that's a huge thing. Um, I also feel like the, more specifically when I was in high school, just the level of competition between you and the other girls, Mm -hmm. it's, it may seem encouraging and that you're like cheering each other on, but like deep down there's always this Oh well, why did she get that part? Like she doesn't deserve it. I should have gotten it. Or she can't even lift her leg that high. Or, or it's like on yourself, like, I'm never going to be as good as her. Like, I wish I could do pirouettes like her. I wish uh, my feet looked like hers. I wish I was as skinny as she was. So just again, that mentality of competition is very toxic and something that I had to work on outside of the studio. So I took a break from dancing during COVID, which was kind of a blessing in disguise because I feel like it allowed me to take a step back and really evaluate like how it had been affecting me and start to heal those things outside of the studio. Cause it's really hard to do to like heal from trauma, heal from toxicity when you're in mm-hmm. the trauma, when you're in the toxic environment. Yeah. So I feel like having that time away from the studio really gave me like perspective and made me realize how much it was affecting me in those like thought processes and that mentality was affecting me. and. I feel like through CHM, I learned that it's not a competition. Like, as women, we're all on the same team and we should be cheering each other on and not, like, trying to compete with anyone next to us, you know? It's more about being better than you were the day before than being better than the girl next to you. And once (sighs) you... (laughs) 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 once you shift that perspective it changes so much Mm -hmm. so I took a break from dancing I was in a ballet company for a couple years that's a whole nother story (laughs) whole nother toxic environment but taking that gap between dancing professionally and where I am now I started dancing again Uh, about a year ago, dancing ballet again, Mm -hmm. about a year ago at the studio that I actually danced at in high school, which is crazy because Mm -hmm. there's so many memories and so much, not like trauma, because I wouldn't say it was a traumatic experience for me, but just, there's a lot of, of emotions tied up with it and like things I remember happening and things I remember feeling dancing in the same studio it's like you're like stepping back into your past it's weird (laughs) but now like coming back my mindset is so different like I'm taking classes and I don't care what anyone else looks like in the room like I'm not trying to compete with anyone I'm not trying to you know compete for casting or like you know, impress the director or whatever, like I'm just doing this because I love it and it makes me happy. Mm -hmm. And because I want to, and I want to be the best ballet dancer that I can be. And that shift in my mindset, I feel like was so powerful because now I'm dancing in the same, literally the same environment, the same studio, same teacher that I had before, but it's a completely different experience now. Mm
0: I love that. And that is so beautiful. And what a test to see. I'm going to put myself yes. back in the same environment <laughs> and see how it feels this time around. And it really does seem like, just from what I've seen in your videos and your little snippets and your costumes or whatever it is, that you're just enjoying it this time. And it doesn't seem to be as loaded, you know, with mm-hmm. like, oh, sure. And all of the expectations that you had on it before, which is really, really amazing. And I do want to talk about the body image side of it and how you kind of feel in your body versus when you were in the ballet world and it was feeling very intense and very toxic and Mm -hmm. that focus was there. You know, I think comparing ourselves against other women has a lot to do with it and just, yeah, measuring yourself up to someone else's standards, but I'm curious how you feel now being in the mirror, being in that environment again, how do you feel like in your body? Yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest.
1: It's never easy to Mm. stare at yourself in the mirror. Like (laughs) it's a constant (laughs) battle, something to work on, but yeah, it's, it's different. I feel like growing up, like I said, you're just critiquing every part of your body. You're never thin enough. I feel like, especially in the ballet world was like the narrative that you were always told. You need to lose weight. You need to fit in this tutu. Like we can't alter it for you. So you got to make yourself fit into it instead of making the costume fit you. So I definitely, you know, I was never diagnosed, but I definitely feel like there was some body dysmorphia happening throughout my dance career because, you know, people look at me and they're like, oh, you're so thin, like you must be so confident and you're so skinny. So you probably don't have any insecurities. And that is like the furthest from the truth (laughs) because I've been trained to not be happy with my body, to always want to be thinner. You're like never skinny enough mm-hmm. as a ballet dancer. Um, even if you're a size two, you know? So that I feel like is what I really struggled with mm. growing up in the dance world. Um I even um stopped getting my period for a year, I think in high school, because I was overworking myself so much Mm -hmm. and was probably like malnourished too. Yeah. Honestly. And that just goes to show you like how extreme these conditions are and like what we put ourselves through Mm -hmm. to fit someone else's mold and to make someone else happy. Yes. But now I feel like, because of the confidence that I found through CHM and through like these practices that I've been doing, I'm able to look at myself in a different light. And like I said, it's still a struggle. I still have bad days. Like nobody's perfect. These things are always going to come up. It's just a matter of now I have the tools to deal with it and to Mm -hmm. move through it. So Now it's so much less about like trying to be the skinniest and trying to be the best and whatever, and just like honoring my body and Mm -hmm. what I need and doing it because I love it Mm -hmm. not to impress somebody else. I feel like that was the big shift for me coming back into the ballet world is I'm not doing this to look a certain way to impress anybody. I'm just doing it because I love it and because I want to. And when you have that mentality, you're not going in the studio, like picking apart every piece of yourself
0: because you're there to have fun and enjoy it. You know? Yes. That's so beautiful. And I want to go back a moment to where you were talking about the honesty when it comes to how we feel in our body. I think there's this view, whether it's from social media or whatever, Oh, we're super body positive. You know, we feel great in our bodies. It doesn't matter. No, nobody feels good in their body every single day. And especially yeah. when you're a dancer and you are staring into a mirror and you're being filmed or like me, you have a business that you're really watching yourself dance for hours and hours a day while you're editing. It is a lot, but what you said was the key. It's Having the tools when you do have those days to get out of the mindset, to make yourself feel more at home in your body, that is what we're talking about. Not this like idea of perfection or never having a bad body image day, but when you don't have the tools, it's very hard to get out of it and you're in it much longer and now when I have a bad body image day, I have this whole internal list of things. Have I taken a dance class? Have I tapped? Have I went outside? Have I drank some water? <laughs> you know, like all these things. And I just have my little checklist, literally checklist on my phone of the things that I know make me feel my best. And now you're able to have this relationship with dance that just feels very, very good and very loving. And you're doing it for you, which is the most important thing. Which mm-hmm. uh, I'm just so proud of you for that. Cause it's a huge thing to work through when you do have that dance background. So that's amazing. <laughs> and we have to chat manifestations. Yes. Because I remember in the program, one of your goals and your manifestations was mm-hmm. to quit your job, have a bridge job that you enjoyed to teach burlesque, certify in Reiki and Pilates, and eventually start your own business. And you are currently either doing these things or in the process of doing all of these things. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing, girl. (laughs) Holy shit. It's so cool to see your evolution. And I remember at one point you said to me, I don't feel like my manifestations are coming true. I'm getting so many signs from the universe, I'm seeing two, two, two everywhere. And you were like, what does this mean? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm on the right path, but nothing's happening. So how do you feel about that statement now, looking back and what has been kind of your biggest lesson on manifesting as you're currently seeing so many things come to fruition? Because manifestation is actually a huge part of the program that not a lot of people probably would assume. They think that it's mostly about confidence, but we want confidence so that we can manifest things, you know, like it's, Mm -hmm. it's all aligned. So, yeah, I remember being in CHM
1: and feeling like kind of discouraged, like, I feel like I'm doing all the things, but nothing is happening. Like, why? What's going on? And, um, you know, I was thinking about it and looking back, I realized specifically with the job situation, Mm -hmm. the reason nothing was happening was because I wasn't taking action. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge block for me. That like next step of like taking the action is the hardest thing for me. And quitting my job was so scary because I felt like we couldn't handle it financially, that everything was just going to fall apart and we'd be broke and not be able to pay rent and I wouldn't have a job. And like, just worst case scenario. And, but I knew, I knew this, you know, f- for like a year and a half now, I knew I needed to quit my job and it took me that long to like come around to it. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I knew it, there was this voice in the back of my head, like, just do it. Oh my God, Caitlin, just do it. Like this, you're on the right path. And like you said, I was getting all of these signs, like repeating numbers and like dreams oh my god I need to tell you about the yes. dream that I had because I remember throughout the program you know when we had our one-on-ones I'd be like oh my god Ashlyn this dream I had last night and you're like yes. what the fuck like <laughs> <it's> the <laughs> most symbolic thing ever like
0: <laughs> yes you and Nicole like Nicole and I still have our calls and You guys have the the craziest. I mean, my dreams are just like crazy. You guys have the most intuitive, yeah, like symbolic dreams of anyone I've ever met, worked with. Like, it's Mm -hmm. crazy. And I remember you both having these dreams, and I'm like, it's (laughs) really telling you what we talked about on our call. This is literally the tarot read. This is literally like what you're supposed to be working through an inner child. Like, it's just crazy.
1: Yeah, it is crazy. And so it was, I think it was like a month or so before I quit my job and I was like, I don't know, like still questioning. Like now I look back, I'm like, it's so stupid. Like, why was I questioning this so much? Like if I would have just listened to my intuition the first time, (laughs) I would have saved myself a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety, but it's a learning process. Now Mm -hmm. I know. But I was like, still like questioning. I'm like, I don't know. Is this the right thing? Is it the right time? How do I know I'm on the right path? I just don't know. And I was like, before I went to bed, and I was like, I feel like I haven't gotten any reassurance lately. And I'm like, it's kind of discouraging because I feel like I would have signs like consistently Mm -hmm. to the point where when I wasn't getting signs, I was like, oh shit, like, am I still on the right path? Am I still doing the right thing? (laughs) So I just like went to bed and I was like, man, I don't know. Like, it's just sad. I haven't like, you know, seen any numbers or anything. And girl, this dream literally could not be any more obvious. (laughs) Like it wasn't even symbolic at this point. It was straight up. Like, I love it. Literal. So in my dream, Alex and I are like hiking through the woods and we're on like the hiking trail And there's literal, like literal signs everywhere surrounding us, pointing all in the same direction, like arrows (laughs) pointing down a path. And they're literally like, keep going. You're on the right path this way. Like it was Ah. so obvious. It was ridiculous. (laughs)
0: I have a literal full body chills. I get, my mouth is so open. I haven't heard yeah. the story you guys. This is crazy. When was this? It was, I think it was like a month or
1: so before I quit. And I, I woke up and yeah. I was like, okay, message received. Got it. We, we loud and clear. Yeah, yeah. Cause I feel like before my dreams were like they were, they were kind of obvious what they meant, but they were more symbolic. Yeah. It still was like very clear the meaning of them, but this was literally you're on the right path. Keep going. Here's
0: an arrow pointing you down this path. <laughs> That's amazing, babe. Oh my gosh. And, and truly like when we ask and we listen, the universe will tell us the universe mm-hmm. will give us all the signs that we need, all the affirmation that we need, but we have to like be open to receiving it. And if we're not in a place where we're open, where we're trusting, that's a huge piece. I feel like trusting yourself, trusting God, trusting the universe, that it's gonna come through. And like you said, that action piece is so, it's so simple, but it's Mm -hmm. the hardest thing to do because so much of manifestation work is like mindset and healing and energetics. Yes, that's all super important. But if you're not doing anything, nothing is going to happen. Just take a teeny tiny step, like either look for a job or, you know, like brainstorm your business concept or little things like that. That may not feel like much at the time, but all of them add up over time and create, it's just taking the action. It doesn't have to be right. It doesn't have to be, this is so important that I like have to make sure. No, no, no. Just like do something, you know, yeah. you know, just like do something and okay. I will, you know, meet you halfway. And like I was telling you earlier, I've had these
1: manifestations and opportunities come through now that I've quit my job without even trying. So I made a vision board at the beginning of the year and I had stuff on there like getting certified in Reiki and teaching Pilates, like specifically reformer Pilates and what else do I have on there like dance stuff a ball gown I wanted to sew a ball gown I wanted to go on a cruise and I literally have a picture of Ariel on my vision board because crazy you guys I like I've always wanted to work at Disney and be a Disney princess and I I felt like at this point I was like it's kind of like I kind of like lost my chance. It's probably not going to happen. I was like, I'm going to put it on there anyway. Just, you know, see what happens. And this girl that I'm going to work for has a side business doing mermaid parties and hired me to do it again, not even looking for this opportunity it just fell into my lap and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? I'm like, I literally have Ariel on my vision board and I get to be a mermaid. <laughs> like what?
0: I, when I got your voice note about this, I was like, cause it's just like so cool. Like literal, the universe can be so literal and it's almost like a little link. Like, yeah, yeah you put, you know, this on your vision board, like, ha ha, LOL. And the universe is like, okay.
1: I was like that was one thing that I thought for sure was not going to happen and here we are and (laughs) I have other things to tell you yes so even before I quit my job I got an opportunity to teach at a bar in a Pilates studio again so I had basically decided I was going to quit my job regardless of if I had something lined up Because I just knew I needed to get out and I I was trusting the universe that like, this is going to be my signal to the universe that like, okay, I'm ready for, you know, a new job or whatever opportunities are out there for me and I was really like, it was the leap of faith, you know, but even before I could quit, I got a job offer teaching Pilates and bar at like the cutest studio ever And I wasn't even looking for it. I was just scrolling through Instagram one day and I saw they posted, oh, we're hiring Pilates instructors. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, what the heck? (laughs) So obviously I applied and got the job and I'll be working there soon. And then what else happened? The mermaid thing happened, which was crazy.
0: Just looking at my vision board. You're teaching burlesque now, which is a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. I've been teaching for a year now, which is insane. Like how how did
1: that happen? (laughs) It's so much fun. I love it. I love it. Oh, Reformer Pilates. So I was like not thinking that I would be able to teach that soon because I haven't tested out yet. Like I'm still going through the training and you don't have to be certified to teach somewhere, but I figured it would be a while before I was teaching Reformer Pilates. But the studio that I'm going to teach at does reformer Pilates. And I have a friend that she just moved out of Naples. I'm really sad, but she's also a Pilates instructor. And I was like, Oh, where you work? Like, do they need instructors? Have they filled a spot for you yet? And she was like, actually, no, they still need people. And the pay is like amazing. Mm. Amazing. She was working five hours a week, making more than I made nine to five. At a full-time job
0: stop, stop. that's amazing yeah.
1: just teaching Pilates I'm like are you kidding me like that's amazing <laughs> so we'll see that's still like you know up in the air not sure if it's going to work out or not I'm crossing my fingers but still just the fact that I have that opportunity mm-hmm. for me it was confirmation that I made the right decision mm-hmm. leaving my corporate nine to five job because I was terrified. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to make enough money, you know, just teaching Pilates, just teaching dance. You don't make a lot of money.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the mindset we have. Cause that's what we've been told, you know, that's mm-hmm. what we've been told our entire lives is that, you know, artists, they don't make money. You're, you're living that struggling artist life, you know, mm-hmm. and now you can see Actually, we work less and make more money. They've been lying to us. (laughs) Yes.
1: So it was like, it's just crazy to me because I feel like that was such a huge leap of faith for me. I was terrified. And I feel like people don't talk about this enough. Like taking that leap and like fully trusting in the universe is scary as hell. Like I was terrified. That's why I put it off for a year. (laughs) Because I was so afraid that I wouldn't be okay if I quit, if I took this huge, like, life changing path. But getting all of these opportunities, like, literally, just like I told Alex, I was like, I feel like I'm just being like hit in the face with like left and right. Like things are just coming at me. And it's like, oh my God, (laughs) it's like overwhelming in the best way. And I feel like that for me. Was confirmation of the universe. Mm-hmm. God, like, I got you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm really proud of you for making this decision. Like, I'm not going to let you fail because you trusted in me. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, it's just crazy. And I wanted to tell you this, like, is the best thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I made my vision board and at the beginning of the year and all of these things have been coming true. And Alex is like, you know, not really into the manifesting. He thinks it's a little like, you know, woo woo. Mm -hmm. It's just like some thing like it doesn't really work. (laughs) And one day he was like, "I kind of want to make a vision board." (laughs) He's like, "Yeah, I mean, it works for you." He's like, kind of jealous. He's like, "What the heck, man?" Like. Cause he's, he's seen me through this whole process, you know,
0: yeah.
1: years ago, like, you know, in my lowest of lows to where I am now. And he's like, oh, like this shit actually works. He's yeah. like, I want to try.
0: I love that. So he made one. Not yet. We're okay, going okay. To- But I want to see this vision. Take a little sneaky photo for me because I want to see it. But that's so cute. And that's literally like so many people say, oh, my partner is like not into this, whatever. Us doing the thing, regardless of what our partners think of it and it working, hmm. that is the best thing that we can do because it's being an expander for them that they, they didn't yeah. even know like this was possible. So that's really, really cool to hear. And also it gives you guys something to relate on, you know, that's mm-hmm. a little bit like, you know, sometimes relationships can feel like, Oh, you know, we have nothing to talk about. I think you guys are manifesting together. Like that's yeah. so cool <laughs> because then you can start to have these joint manifestations. Mm -hmm. Then you can be like, what can we work on together? What can we work on for our future? And it just opens up like the possibilities and what you really did. And it does take this. You did a lot of deep inner work and you, you raised your self-worth, which is like the first step. And then you kept raising it (laughs) (laughs) it for like a year and a half, which is great. And then you finally felt ready to jump and that's okay. I mean, we're not saying you need to feel ready to you know, take the leap to quit your job a month after you have the idea. It's not realistic, Mm -hmm. but you did it when you were fully sick of like, I mean, you guys, her job was bad. (laughs) Let's just say that her job was very bad and you were so exhausted and drained and you were over it. And I feel like sometimes it takes us being like over something Mm -hmm. and fed up and done with done with living a life that feels anything less than magical. And that Mm -hmm. sounds crazy, but I'm like, I'm really raising my standard these days as to what I allow into my life. And you really did. And it's like, so cool to see you Mm -hmm. in this place. And what do you feel like you would say to someone who has been thinking about joining CHM, starting their heels and burlesque journey, manifesting, taking the leap towards their confidence, but maybe they have been hesitant to really like, to really lock in and say, I'm going to dedicate this time, this money to my healing and to my growth. What would you say to them? What would you say to Caitlin prior to the program debating if this was like the right step for you? Yeah.
1: Ladies just do it. Like (laughs) seriously (laughs) stop questioning the fact that you're contemplating it and already, you know, listening to this podcast or following Ashlyn, watching her videos and like you have this little voice inside of your head that's telling you to do it means you're on the right path. And I would say to don't listen to the fear, whatever it is, the fear of it's I don't have the money or I'm going to make a fool of myself or just scared of being seen for who you are. Like whatever it is, don't listen to the fear. Listen to that tiny voice that's telling you, Hey, this is the step you need to take because that's your intuition talking to you and it will never steer you wrong. And I feel like for me, my biggest like, Hesitation was the money, because at the time we we had none. Mm -hmm. We were really struggling. Like when I tell you we didn't have a savings account, we did not have a savings account. Like we had Mm -hmm. nothing in the bank. We were Mm -hmm. struggling to pay rent. And it was like, why would I spend all this money on this thing if I can't pay rent, you know, but I knew that it was something I needed And thankfully I had a super supportive husband that was like, you know, I've seen you go through hell and back. Like you need support. You need something. So I'm going to support you to do this. And I will tell you, whenever you invest money in yourself, you will get like that back tenfold. Mm -hmm. And what you get is so priceless okay, see, now I'm going to cry. I was like, (laughs) when is it going to (laughs) happen? You make me cry too. Because you investing in yourself is the best thing you could do. It's telling yourself that you're worth it. It's telling the universe, Hey, I'm ready to take this step. I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to heal. And you will always be rewarded for that even since doing CHM, like I've invested in myself in other ways, like other programs or therapies or this and that, Mm -hmm. I've never regretted it. It's always given something back to my life and that's huge. Like these are skills and tools that you're going to have for a lifetime. So just do it.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. And you're hearing it from someone who you put in a lot of work. You didn't just buy the program. You dedicated the time that it takes. In this case, it was a 90 day program. You poured everything into it. And that's why you reap the benefits of it. And I feel like so many people... Think that they're just going to purchase the program and it's going to give them the confidence and, you know, whatever. And it's like, no, honey, (laughs) you have to put in the work and you did that. And you continue to do that after the program. It wasn't just like once the program was over, you kept going and you kept all the tools and the skills that you learned and you applied them to your future. And that's what makes you and people that have come out of this program so successful successful. That's, that's the key. So I am so beyond proud of you. Like I've literally just been in awe this entire conversation, listening to you. The growth has been exponential and yes, I gave you the tools, but you did that, you know, Mm -hmm. and you poured into yourself and you moved your body and you set boundaries and you, worked through some really deep trauma around your religious programming. And you did all these things that are very hard and so many people are so terrified to look at. So I really (laughs) hope you're as proud of yourself as I am. And I'm just so excited to see what unfolds for you in the next six months, year. And I wanna know kind of what exciting things are coming up for you. What goals are you working towards? Like what can listeners expect to see from you in the next few months?
1: Yeah. Well, as you know, Ashlyn, I've been wanting to start my own business for a very long time now. (laughs) So I feel like I finally have the mental space and the clarity and just the energy to pour into it. It's been on my heart for like years now, like once I started CHM, I feel like, but now that I'm free from my job and I'm like pursuing things that I love, I finally feel like I have the energy to put into that. Mm So I don't want to like give any secrets away, but I am working on something behind the scenes. I will definitely be posting more on Instagram, just kind of building that, building my community, but it's all going to be about holistic healing, the mind, the body, the spirit tools and practices that I've learned throughout my journey. And just sharing that with other people and being able to be a mentor and a role model for people that are in the place that I was so many years ago. Mm-hmm. I actually did the first class in your business course yesterday.
0: So, yay, you guys, Caitlin purchased Creatrix Biz Builder like a year ago. And <laughs> so, that's the thing. That's the thing. It's the action was. I'm getting this with the discount, and I know I'm going to get to it at some point. And now you're like, now I'm ready to do it. So yeah. everything doesn't have to happen all at once when we start taking action, because <laughs> when you have the idea, it's so good to build off of that momentum. And yeah, I think you're going to love all the juiciness in Creatrix because you guys, I give all my secrets away in this in this course, <laughs> like all of the secrets. So I'm excited to see what you're going to come up with. And yeah. Caitlin has so many different areas of her life that she's moved through. And I'm excited to see how you put that into an offering because I've been telling her for a while. I'm like, girl, you got to do this because so many (laughs) people are going to benefit from every, Uh, all the shit that we go through. There's always a reason. Unfortunately, (laughs) you know, there's Mm -hmm. always fortunately or unfortunately, there's always a reason, a deeper purpose. And I think you started to see that as we were working together and now there's so many different avenues you can take it. So I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes first.
1: Yeah. I'm so excited to work on it. Like <laughs> when we're done with this call, I'm, I'm going to like go deep yeah. and like start working on it. I'm so excited.
0: Uh, <laughs> so babe, where can people find you on social media? Pimp yourself out.
1: Yes. Yeah, so my Instagram is sincerely Kate Marie. Can you link it in the like mm-hmm. description? Okay. Cause no one can ever spell it. Right. So <laughs> yes.
0: I will link it so for everyone. That'll be my Instagram we'll see. I might start dabbling in YouTube. I don't know. I think YouTube is amazing. And anyone that ever asked me what my favorite platform is YouTube, 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 because long form content, I think is just Mm -hmm. where the direction is headed. So yeah, I'll link all of that. You can stay up to date on her Instagram. And then from there, you know, people can kind of follow along with. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Well, babe, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I I adore you. I adore you. I miss you so much. We're going to have to plan a little trip soon or a little moment where you come back to Asheville and time together. I think so many people have courses and programs and, you know, they have clients and that's great, but I really- I'm so lucky to have built these like deep relationships and friendships with my alumni. And I just feel so grateful to have you in my life. And yeah, it's just, it's really special the connections that that dancing in a heel can build. So mm-hmm. absolutely. <laughs> I, I I love you. Thank you. I love you too. Thank you, babes, so much for joining me today. If you love this podcast, I would really appreciate it. If you gave us a five-star rating and review, it really helps the podcast to be discovered by even more amazing humans who could benefit from this work and from healing in a heal. And if you screenshot your rating and review and send it to AshlynToryDance at gmail.com or send it to me on Instagram, I will send you a free burlesque workshop as a gift. Also, don't forget to follow along on Instagram at hi.vibe.heals to stay up to date on all the heels, burlesque, spirituality, and empowering content that your soul desires.